Hey guys, it's Chase Will, host of the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Here to quickly let you know, I'm going to be at the Scares That Care 8, July 29th through 31st in Williamsburg, Virginia, where I'll have my coming-of-age novel Moving Through for sale, along with a special bonus book that will only be available at the convention. Be sure to hit the subscribe button for new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and follow me at chasewill.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Chase Will. Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Today I'm joined by director Steve Rock, who directed Dead Burger and the upcoming feature film Gone. Steve, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being thanks on the for show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a pleasure to finally sit down with you and talk. I know, right? Like, It's like I finally get to actually speak to you, even though we've been texting each other for like, I don't know, months yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Wait, thanks for up. sending me that book it was great oh thanks man i'm glad you enjoyed it did you actually get to read it yeah oh a yeah, birthday yeah, girl I... yeah yeah you were telling me about that you were like dude what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was like when i first was reading it i was like thinking to myself is this something that could be made into a script and then all of a sudden it's like whoa no this would be like nc-17 in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> well somebody was trying to buy the movie rights for that and i'm like are you sure because if so i'm not putting my name on it you can put someone else's name for the screen credit or whatever <laughs> it's like i'll, I'll take the money <laughs> it's like send me that, well, send, know, me that send me that movie money <laughs> well is, isn't that what the that pen name's for <laughs> yeah you know i could just blame it on ash whatever he did it I I just started this episode asking, what is the guest's favorite horror movie? What is yours? Well, I mean, I've got a whole bunch to decide from. Look at that. That arms Uh, dealer. (laughs) So, yeah, I've got like everybody tattooed on me. There's Jaws and Godzilla and Halloween and The Howling, and they're all Uh, favorite directors. This is like an anti gun control episode. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, Honestly, uh, favorite horror movie specifically? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you had to narrow it down to the top five, like what's one of them? Um, you know, I'm going to go with the odd pick and say like Serpent in the Rainbow. Serpent in the Rainbow. It's, it's got to be one that I go back to over and over and over. It's actually that one right there. <laughs> that is one where as a kid, I was going through the video store and I love the cover. And that's what got me to rent it was just that beautiful artwork that you have tattooed on your arm. If yeah, you guys, and, yeah and I know you guys can't cool, see this because this isn't a visual thing, but Steve has these giant ass arms that are bigger than my freaking head. And he has Serpent <laughs> in the Rainbow, which is taking up a good five inches right there. It's all favorite directors. So I picked uh, Godzilla, Shiro Honda, um, Steven Spielberg, Jaws, uh, Wes Craven, Serpent in the Rainbow, uh, Dawn of the Dead, George Romero, John Carpenter, Halloween, Joe Dante, uh, The Howling. And then I got Adam Green in here for Hatchet. Oh, nice. It's Hatchet hatchet 2, really, but Hatchet 2 fit better in the tattoo than Hatchet 1 did. Oh, yeah, I love that, man. (laughs) Uh, And even in here, actually, these are six octopus arms because um, it coming from beneath the sea. Or no, is that what it is? The octopus that Ray Harryhausen did that attacks the Golden Gate Bridge, it only had six arms. So I I made sure that I only had six arms of an octopus coming out of the water with Jaws. I wish I only had six arms. <laughs> <laughs> well, they couldn't afford to animate all eight, so they only did six, and they shot it, so you only saw six at a time. <laughs> it's a deformed octopus. It's not an octopus. <laughs> right? Well, he so used what to is call it, it a uh, stuxtopus. What is it about the serpent in the rainbow that draws you to the movie? Like, What is it you keep going back to? So, like, 
it's like the whole idea of like the religious aspects that are behind it and like you know zombies are like mostly nowadays like viruses or if you go to romero it's implied that it's some kind of like comet from the sky that did it but like with serpent in the rainbow it's one of the few modern ones that's been able to tackle the real haitian zombie in a way that is very compelling and the visuals are just crazy like you know when he gets like he's like sitting there like being wrestling around with a with a jaguar and then two seconds later he's being pulled underneath the the earth with like hands from hell basically it's just amazing dude west <laughs> craven is one of those directors blood. <laughs> he's one of those directors where his visuals are just so stunning and beautiful it's like everything he does even all the way back to the last house on the left it's like that's that scene where the shit's going down is it's hard to watch, but he makes you watch it. And the soundtrack lends to it so well. It's like Wes Craven is just one of those once in a lifetime directors who can do no wrong in my book. Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, and some of his stuff isn't like, like Serpent in the Rainbow kind of like fell on deaf ears. Like at least as far as when you look at something like Freddy or Scream, mm-hmm. you know, like most people don't even know Serpent in the Rainbow is out there. But for me, it's like always been one of the ones that's like really cool. And then Cursed Films, I don't know if you saw it recently on Shudder. Yeah. Uh, Cursed Films, I think it was, did uh, did a thing about it where it talks about how they basically started like a street riot <laughs> filming <laughs> one of the scenes. And they basically had to like get out of there being like having like beer bottles and rocks thrown at the Jeeps they're, they're riding in and stuff. That's just free production like, value. Yeah. It's like we got to work our riot into the script now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 a crazy story too. Like the movie and how they made it, they're both like really compelling, crazy stories. So, <laughs> now, you're a skilled filmmaker, and I am not. So, what are the challenges that go along with filmmaking? Because I know you've been through like the gutter and back. Like you've gone through the shit, you've gone through the high times and the low. Like, what is your favorite part of filmmaking? See, like I got into it. So, Deadburger, it was really you can't like just do work for people. You have to start out with something, you know, you have to like create your own work to start. And I wanted to do a whole bunch of different special effects. And so I started doing zombies and that like sort of became this project with a whole bunch of friends that became what Deadburger was. Um, so like I say, I, I, I wasn't really supposed to be the director of Deadburger. Um, I was supposed to be the the writer because I did write it and I was supposed to do special effects. And that's really why I was doing it was because I wanted to build a portfolio for special effects work. And another person we were closely with uh, was supposed to be our director, but it turned out his idea of directing had been to hire a guy to do the camera stuff and then leave. So I'm in the middle of doing a, a zombie makeup. So evil. We got like maybe an hour to the first shot. And somebody comes and taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, uh, you got to go in there and tell those people what to do. And I go, what? They said, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the guy, you know, the director guy, uh, he's not here. What do you mean? Oh, he left. Okay. So I go in and I meet this guy that I've never met before, who's supposedly going to be our cinematographer, um, who was there that one day only, by the way. <laughs> and, um, he introduced himself and I, I'm like, okay, what scene are we doing? Because I don't even know what we're doing yet, really. And next thing you know, I'm like 
tearing down stuff because we got things that were like copyright problems all over the room. And like, it just, it was like crazy that all of a sudden I had to do all this stuff. I was supposed to be doing makeup. (laughs) (laughs) So you're making a zombie movie. You're making a zombie movie and you become the new leader of the pack. So you're pretty much Rick Grimes (laughs) in this role. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. So like (laughs) I pretty much had to work from the ground up there and like figure out how to do things. And we, if there's any advice I can give to young filmmakers out there, if you're at the age that you're ending college, like for me, it was like 26, 27. If you're at that age, don't start doing a crazy project with just your friends that are all the same age as you, because life's <laughs> going to change quick and you're going to have to recast at least three times like I did and spend five years reshooting the same scenes trying to get this movie to come together yeah it's like why is this character suddenly just all you know back of the headshots it's like well we had to recast it's the only way we can make it work that's why she walks backward in every scene (laughs) well like and and like that's with Deadburger, like how it happened and it's like it has its charm and i love how i love what it became it's very far from what we wrote and intended but i honestly do love that it came together i'm very proud that it came together um and i'm proud of everybody that worked on it. it even even the people that made it harder in the end, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have started. So, you know, it's like, I'm very proud of the end product in some ways, but I honestly agree and know that it's not a great movie, but at least it has uh, a wink and a smile that it knows it's not so great, I think. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Dude, I honestly watched it and I had a blast watching it. Like, it's one of those movies where I, I'm, it's hard to keep my attention with movies sometimes. Usually I watch like indie stuff and I'm bored by the, 20 minutes in but your movie held on and i fucking loved it thank you thank you and like i say like uh, it has a lot of charm and it has a lot of heart and that's what that's what counts um but man there's at least half of script that you never saw that maybe someday i've always wanted to do like an evil dead 2 version of it you know like (laughs) once again but this time with money (laughs) it's like back to the burger (laughs) it's like i've always been like no no budget no problem um because with Dead Burger, we had raised a $5,000 uh, Kickstarter for it, which is what kind of locked me in. And I couldn't not make the movie then, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I put in a bunch of my own money over the years trying to keep it going. And in the end, like I say, like we got what we got and I'm very proud of it, but I didn't want to like send it out everywhere. I figured it's definitely a much more fun on YouTube for everyone to see than <laughs> you know, anything yeah. else. Um Plus, it's we racking did up do a some tour with too. it. What's up? I said, plus, it's racking up some views, too. Like it's getting some eyes on your work being up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what I'm hoping is to show them something a lot better and a lot new, uh, a lot a, a lot of uh, more of a sci-fi uh, take this time. It's going to be really kind of cool what we've done. Uh, I ended up building a 40-foot uh, section of spaceship in my backyard for... Uh, an, an, an alien abduction movie called Gone that's going to be coming out hopefully within the next six to 12 months, I hope. <laughs> and uh, you wrote Gone, um, right? Yeah, I, I, wrote, I wrote and directed Gone. Um, it was kind of like what I wish I could have done with Deadburger if I knew what I was doing from day one. <laughs> what, was your, uh, what was your writing process like? Like, How do you start and finish a script? Do you start off with just like a vague idea and you outline or do you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants? Like, I always like to ask writers what their specific process is since it's different for just about every writer I know. Absolutely. Um, so I kind of employ a couple different tactics. Um, at first, I, I just kind of wrote what I thought 
it should be. And then from there, rewrite and rewrite and edit down until it like has three acts and actually fits the structure and works. So it was kind of like chaos the first couple of times I wrote a script like that. Uh, then I stumbled across Save the Cat. And Save the Cat was really cool and really helped to help me figure out structure. And it's like, you can't really stick to it too hard because it's easy to like ruin your script because you're trying too hard to make sure that this beat happens on this specific specific page number. But if you kind of interpret and loosely use it to structure what you're doing, it actually can help fix a lot of problems and make it like work. And uh, I wrote one movie, which was hopefully going to get shot uh, in 2020, but COVID kind of killed it. Um, and it's about a cabin that we're going to do someday uh, where we're going to have a, a cult with people trapped in a cabin. And someday, hopefully we get to make that, but uh, we can't have that many people in a small enclosed space without masks in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So we rewrote a small idea for uh, alien kind of weird movie. And I wanted it to just be a short at the time. It literally was just this girl having a strange nightmare that might have been an alien abduction but you don't really know um that was like the uh, first idea was just to make this kind of experimental cool short but since we couldn't make the movie we wanted to we had to do another idea and we looked back at that and said you know what what if we had this girl have this experience and when she wakes up she finds out that she's been missing for three days so then she spends the rest of the movie trying to figure out first what the hell happened to her and then why. So it's kind of like a sci-fi version of The Hangover. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, we have her, um, in the beginning, we have her have this strange experience and it's it could have been a nightmare, but it was definitely, with the way we shot it, it was to try to very much tell the viewer that yes, this is happening. But we want her to not know. <laughs> I like that. And then... As as things happen, as she starts to unravel the truth and she has more things um, like moments where she finds herself in like a trance and seeing sort of flashes of things that might have happened to her or maybe it's some messaging that was implanted in her brain for some reason, you know, like all this like stuff that happens um, and she happens to be a tattoo artist. So she's like sketching stuff and starts noticing that she's drawing things that she doesn't want to. Like, <laughs> it's like really cool, the things that, that we did with it. Um, and I'm really excited to show that. And uh, we just kept it to a really small, tight crew because we were shooting during COVID. So if you put everybody together, even like the day players that only came in for one scene, like the guy who played the cop, who just shows up at the door, knocking on the door one day, basically. Uh, even if you put everybody together, you've got less than a dozen people. So we just tried to keep it as tight and close as possible. <laughs> That's probably smart. Yeah. And it turned out it worked really well. Like it, we shot it very quickly. Um, we got all but one scene because COVID restrictions stopped that. Uh, we're getting that on Labor Day weekend. So that will be the official final cut of shooting, like the final role, the final end cut, you know? Um, but until then, I'm just doing the editing and trying to get it together so then I can finish it with the other scene and get it really, truly finished, which is why I'm thinking like next year it'll come out. But um, anyway, we have this whole thing set up to like just be this really cool sci-fi, low-budget, 
experience that maybe somebody might look at it and pick it up and help us make the next one where we want to do something more like uh, they live. Oh, <laughs> That'd be awesome. So, Who would you say are like with that? We figure we're going to need a lot of uh, explosions and public places. So <laughs> that needs some more budget. <laughs> I'm sure if you explain to the neighbors why there is an explosion, they'll be cool with it. <laughs> well, like, hey, there might the be country, some loud you can pretty noises. Pretty much walk outside with a rifle and just fire it off. Nobody notices. <laughs> you ever do that? Just walk out there and go ah, looking point blank. I haven't. I actually don't own any real guns. All my guns are props. Um, but have I gone outside and lit off some crazy big fireworks and stupid pyrotechnics to blow up little miniatures? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just want to talk about this one short I did. It's called My Poltergeist and Me, and. It was this fun idea I had, and it was very simple. It was it was very effective, and it was really simple uh, ghost effects. Uh, I had my wife controlling the TV to swap the um, channel from being pitch black to being static. So I kept waking up in the middle of the night to the static going off, and I take the the batteries out of the remote control after I turn off the TV the third time, and this crazy voice comes through. And I just start yelling, that's it. I'm going to bed. I'm had enough. And the ghost <laughs> goes, sorry. And, <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, this, that crazy scream. I'm an Irish guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm half Irish, half, uh, half Polish or whatever American, but like my grandmothers, both of them were hundred percent Irish. So I'm basically half Irish and I'm outside. I live on a stream in upstate New York and I'm outside uh, just hanging out with my dog. And I hear this awful, awful scream. And my blood ran cold. And I said, oh, my God, that's a banshee. That's a banshee coming for me. I'm next to this water. There's, the, 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 there's that awful scream. It's coming from the tunnel next to my house. Oh, my God. I, I, there's a banshee coming from my Irish blood. So I ran inside and I grabbed my <laughs> wife. It's like maybe like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I woke her up out of a dead sleep. It was like, you got to tell me if you hear this screaming. <laughs> and I bring her outside and it's still screaming. Like every couple seconds, the same awful scream over and over and over. She looks it up on YouTube. It turns out it's a fox. Oh, it was a fox. It was a fox. Foxes was scream? Two foxes. I guess they were mating or whatever. And they were screaming. And the way the echo was hitting the, the um, tunnel, because it's a big aluminum tunnel. It's a little car bridge. And it's a big aluminum tunnel. And the way the echo came back, it sounded like this awful, awful witch scream. And I went out and I recorded it and I ended up using that for the uh, Poltergeist movie. <laughs> you got and it was just like the coolest thing. <laughs> Have the world stop so, screaming, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was like, this was like uh, when, when you wake up the witch in Left 4 Dead. <laughs> oh, God. I remember that game. I played the game in so long. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was great. And like, that's one thing that you really should think about if you're making films and stuff is where can I find production value? For me, it was what literally scared the hell out of me at two o'clock in the morning when I was taking my dog out and I ended up waking up my wife over it. Like <laughs> record that immediately. <laughs> it's like, if, if you're making a movie and a riot breaks out, write a riot into your movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go the West Craven route. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Uh, who would you say are your biggest influences in film, like directors you really admire who have helped you kind of on your journey? Well, the one I wanted to mention, Ed, like I was talking about his uh, his octopus there, like I haven't been able to do stop motion yet, but like knowing how Ray Harryhausen used to like do everything essentially from like 
um, helping on the, the concept and the writing phase to doing the storyboarding to sell for the budgets and then uh, directing the special effects scenes themselves and, and then doing all that stop motion himself. I, just like how he got involved in everything. I kind of feel like that's how I felt. I fell into this because I ended up, you know, I started out trying to do the makeup and the writing and ended up pretty much doing every department to some degree, um, which when you're working with a budget of five to $10,000, it's kind of all you can do <laughs> is learn how to do everything, hopefully competently enough. Um, and then get the help and the, the pay for the people when you can, you know? So you got like film um, school in a box. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't actually go to film school. I, I went to liberal arts college and I did the, I did theater and photography and stuff, but uh, I didn't actually go to a film school. I kind of like, like I say, kind of fell into it where I was, I was doing makeup. I thought I was going to maybe go down to Pittsburgh and do the Tom Savini school, but I never actually got down there to do it because life happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah, it tends to do I just that. started making whatever movies I could up here. So <laughs> how but, influential yeah, like, was a uh, serpent in the rainbow on your filmmaking? It's, it's pretty, the, the, the way that the visuals are with that and the way that like, I, I, I would like to say more, because I haven't shot enough to really express the the West Craven part to it, I don't think. Like, basically, like like Dead Burger was kind of a celebration of zombie movies, and then this movie might venture a little bit into like the nightmare element, like maybe like some of the some of the Nightmare on Elm Street kind of stuff. So maybe I'm getting some Craven in there. I'm not sure, but um, really, it's just like the idea of it being so fluid where you're not really sure with that guy, you know, when Bill Pullman gets gassed uh, or hit with the powder in his face from that moment on, you're, he's not really sure if he's awake, asleep, if, if he's actually in hell, if he's dead, if he's alive, it's crazy. And like, if I could ever harness that to use it as the, that's really what I'd love to do is take that kind of like power of leading you on this fantastic quick voyage from all sorts of spiritual vectors. And like, it's just, it's just mind boggling how he does that stuff. <laughs> what would you say is like the best advice you've ever been given by a filmmaker? That's like really helped you in your journey. See, you're, you're really good at picking these questions that you have to like consider <laughs> <laughs> right within your means. That's probably the best one I've ever been given. Um, and I'm not hundred percent sure which, because pretty much most filmmakers might say the same one. Um, uh, the, I, I've got a couple different friends that make high, like at least, at least notice the movies, movies that you can find on plenty of streaming services and probably know the names of, um, when, when they give me advice, it's always very helpful and like sage advice. Um, uh, but the one like to write within your means is kind of one that everybody has given me at some point. And I think it's something that everyone should learn. Um, if you can't afford to do a 15, 15 car pile up on the highway with, you know, seven fatalities and a helicopter explosion, if you can't afford to do that, don't write it. Mm. (laughs) So like like, no 40 foot monster in my script. <laughs> yeah, like well, well, no, you might be able to pull that off with some of the like the camera tricks and stuff. But if you're not good at it, if you can't figure out how to do it, don't write it. Um, but like you know, specifically like a car pileup like that, man, like it's going to cost you 
I'd say not just the price of the cars, but, you know, paying for the permits to do it. And then like the overhead, uh, you're talking like $75,000 easy for (laughs) one car crash scene. And that's involving like two cars, you know, it's like, Like, (laughs) it's like five gallons of gas. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, that's its own issue right now, I guess. Huh? Man. <laughs> We're going to watch this in the future and be like, remember how expensive gas was back then? Back when we used gas? <laughs> hey, you know, this happened once before. I remember, you know, like back in like the mid thousands, it got up to, you know, for that point, it was kind of like the price now, you know, because five years at that point had been like 99 cents, maybe a dollar ten, dollar twenty. Like that's when I first started driving. I, I'm, I was born in 85. So that was like, you know, 2002, 2003, maybe somewhere in there. And mm-hmm. like, you could still find gas under a gallon once in a while around here. And then by the time I'm like in the middle of college, gas is like 380 a gallon. <laughs> then that's a hell of a jump right there. I mean, it's not as much as it is now, but it felt the same back then, man. <laughs> I remember a high school teacher saying gas being $2 a gallon is outrageous. And I'm like, dude, I wish it was $2 a gallon right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was $2 so, you know, a gallon. Like, I'd be driving to California. Like, I remember when it would cost a nickel to get a, to get a gallon of gas. And it's like, yeah, okay, grandpa, a nickel. What was <laughs> okay, it, boomer. 1902? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, where can people find you online? You on social media? Absolutely. So uh, on Facebook, there's Abomination Films. Um, it's uh, one of the pages we have. We also have one that's specifically for Dead Burger, but we kind of just share everything to both. Uh, I also have a website that's abominationfilms.com. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you making time. Absolutely, man. All right. Talk to you later. Have, man. A, have a great one. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, you know, I'm surprised you were like, hey, let me get this obscure filmmaker with all these other <laughs> great uh, authors and people who have actually made money doing this. You say obscure. <laughs> I say up and coming. <laughs> Hopefully, man. I, I, I'm on your side. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs>